0: Welcome to Episode 2 of our ongoing series entitled Racism Revealed.
1: As Trinity Episcopal Midtown family continues conversations surrounding racism, we would like to thank each and every one of you for your contributions to this podcast series. Our goal is not to debate whether or not racism or white privilege exists, but rather simply to share our individual experiences and to work to find ways we can address racism, both personally and professionally. We believe this can be accomplished through the exchange of open, meaningful, and respectful conversations surrounding anti-racism. Racism. We believe that collectively and as Christians, we can work proactively toward identifying and opposing practices, structures, and systems that enable racism to flourish and exist in our world. It is our hope that through this work we can achieve a greater understanding of social justice, which is simply allowing all persons equal access to the benefits and freedoms of a society and to also be free from the unequal distribution of its burdens.
2: In an ugly part of U.S. history, black men would be lynched by white mobs for simply speaking to a white person or not showing enough deference to them. I wish I had been more aware of this information back in the spring of 1982. Hello, my name is Rick Bird. I'm a parishioner at Trinity Episcopal Church. I am 60 years old and African American. I was 22 years old in 1982. I was away at school working on my undergrad degree. I lived in a rather nice mobile home community where I met a kind neighbor, a white lady named Vicky. One day, Vicki explained that her common-law husband had moved away, leaving her and her two kids to fend for themselves. I felt compassion for Vicky, and made sure every night that she and her kids had enough to eat. I also gave Vicky rides to her appointments at social service agencies. I didn't know it at the time, but some of my neighbors had taken notice and they were not happy. One evening there was a commotion in the street. I looked out of the window to see a group of seven or eight white men heading toward my home. Vicky was walking about 20 feet ahead of the group, screaming obscenities at them, and they all appeared drunk. I heard Vicky pounding on my door, so I let her in. As she screamed at the group, she announced that this is where she was staying for the night. The group of men hurled insults and threats at me, saying that they were, quote, going to teach me a lesson for messing with their women, unquote. The men eventually left, and Vicky left, Five minutes later, determined to give the men more of a piece of her mind. All was quiet at my house for about ten minutes. Then the men returned and surrounded my home. They hurled more threats, saying that they, quote, had something for me, unquote, and they were going to teach me a lesson they started pounding on the side of my home, commanding me to come out of the house. I was hesitant about contacting the police because I was worried the police would arrive at a time when the men were gone. Then the police wouldn't return to my aid if I called them for a second time. And on top of that, I didn't have a lot of trust for the police department due to a previous interaction in which I wound up with a gun to the back of my head by one of the police officers. The men came to my home a total of four times, yelling threats at each event. On this last time, they again surrounded and pounded upon my home, they gave an ultimatum. I might as well come out or else they were coming in to get me. And even though I was afraid for my life, I couldn't take it any more. My anger swelled up and it seemed that my blood boiled. I turned out all the lights in the house and I grabbed a butcher's knife and I flung open the front door, yelling, Okay, which one of you mofos is bad enough to come in and get me? This time, I've got something for you. As I tried to calm down, I knelt on my living room floor in the darkness. Part of me prayed that the men wouldn't come rushing in after me. My adrenaline ran, and I was prepared to take life to protect my own. Apparently, the men made the better choice and departed. They did not return again. I had survived a hate crime. Still, the memories and emotions of that night affect me to this very day. I later found myself being afraid of white people. I've overcome much of that fear, but to this day, I fear being alone surrounded by the self-described good old boys. I don't feel safe in my own home. I wonder what I would do to protect my family if needed. I'd purchase a firearm But my family is so much against it. Meanwhile, I still find myself discussing my safety concerns with my therapist. One day, I will overcome the fears of my trauma. I'm working to create a new mindset which states, quote, You may be able to kill my body but you can never take my life, end quote. Thank you.
0: Hello, everyone. Hi, Rick. A very special thanks to you for sharing this painful and powerful story. This was a horrible incident that has obviously impacted your life. What happened to you as a young man should have never happened to anyone. I'm so sorry that you had to endure this. I can only imagine how frightening this was, being a young man, not knowing what to do, being all alone and your fear of calling the police. This was clearly an act of homegrown terror, born out of fear and fueled by hate. Again, thank you so much for sharing your story, and it is my hope that you will one day move past the pain and the fear and be able to live in peace. May God bless you. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Lord, grant us strength and courage to speak out against injustices anywhere and everywhere in the world. Help us as we work toward dismantling unjust and unfair systems that keep some of your people in bondage. Let us pray for all those who have been subjected to violence and oppression and to those who have lost their lives to any type of violence, including police violence. Help us to open our hearts and our minds to love one another, just as you have commanded us to do. We ask these prayers through Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. Please join us again for segment three of our ongoing series, Racism Revealed, next Monday, July 20th, 2020.
3: This is the Reverend Hannah Elizabeth Atkins Romero, Rector of Trinity in Midtown Houston, here to thank all the Trinity parishioners and staff who made this podcast of truth-telling about racism possible. The co-hosts and curators, Angel Williams and Sheila Wainwright, thank you so much. Rick Bird, our truth-teller this week, Thank you so much. And Colin Boothby, music and production, gracias. If you'd like to listen to other episodes of Racism Revealed or learn about other efforts of Trinity Episcopal Church in Midtown Houston, please go to our website, trinitymidtown.org. God bless.